0: The swamp drawer where all good produce goes to die dun, dun, dun. we couldn't afford it even when there weren't food shortages we certainly can't afford it now recession proof your grocery budget learn to grow the food your family eats without the weeds or the waste for more information about my simple and easy container gardening course where you will learn to save money by growing your own healthy organic fruits and vegetables Go to joyfulprepcontainergarden.com. Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers were dealing with some pretty heavy stuff, Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things, and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Hi, this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast, and I'm your host, Wendy Bergen. And today I have the privilege of introducing you to a new friend, Linda Letterman, and she's going to talk about all sorts of really cool things about cooking and her story. So let me share just a little bit about her with you. Linda's cooking skills were so bad, her own family banned her from cooking when she was a teen. Happily, her skills have dramatically improved. She's now She now has over a thousand cookbooks, is a graduate of Ruby Cooking School and the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and has countless cooking courses from the International Culinary Center and Natural Gourmet Institute under her belt. She is a kitchen confidence coach and owner of Balabusta's Secret, where she helps busy women with meal planning, prep, and cooking lessons, as well as coaches them on how to serve dinner with side dishes of clever conversation with their family. Stress-free cooking tips for maximum flavor, fun, and yum. She can be found at Babalusa's.com. Ba- balabustassecret.com on facebook at easy week weeknight dinners for busy moms as well as on instagram at balabustas.secret hook up with her for some one-on-one virtual coaching your dinner demons will thank you okay balabusta is a word that does not roll off my tongue easily as you can tell So, Linda, tell us first and foremost, what. well, first of all, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here and your patience with me trying to pronounce things. (laughs) I I didn't make it easy, and I apologize for that, but I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much. So tell us what a Balabusta is and why we want to become one. Sure.
1: A balabusta is an old-fashioned Yiddish term.
0: And, you know, who names
1: things after Yiddish things these days? You know, it's uh, almost a long-forgotten uh, language. But it's, it's really, it, it um, captures so many meanings. And balabusta is an old-fashioned term meaning a woman who makes a fine home. Now, my definition of a fine home is the anti-Martha Stewart home. It's the kind of home where everybody wants to go to. They know they're going to have great fun, great conversation, terrific food. They feel relaxed and comfortable. They can put their feet up. They don't have to be worried about making rings from their water glasses on your tables. And it's where everybody wants to be. So why wouldn't you want to be and have that welcoming home? So. I strive to be a booster in everything I do. And you also want it to be a booster because if you have children, you want their friends to be comfortable in your house because as a parent, it's super, super important to know who your kids hang out with, who are their influences, what are they doing, you want your kids to feel safe with you, and you want your kids' friends to feel safe and comfortable with you. And you want them to know that should they ever have an issue that they don't want to go to their parents with, you're the one they can go to. So all that wraps up into the concept of making a fine home, and that's really do why you want to be a Valboosta.
0: Well, I I adore this. I think it's a fantastic word. And like you said, I I, I lived in New York. I was a nanny and um i heard a lot of yiddish words at when i lived in new york there for a while and i love it i think it's awesome i think it's so homey and lovely and it you articulate it just so wonderfully and i want to be i want to be a balabusta because i absolutely i I want to be like (laughs) linda i want to be like linda Uh um that's awesome. And you're right. You want to make sure and everybody can be a Balabusta, right? And we oh, probably anybody, need anybody. To have kind of a, a Balabusta community at this point so that it doesn't matter how many there are. If we can go have our children go, you know, back and forth to Balabusta's homes. Well, that's that's the ideal. Make a better world. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And and I think it's not only just for our children, really, it becomes Friends, Right. Like I, I'm sure I could step into your home and feel at home and know that I can leave a water ring on your table and you won't get upset (laughs) with me. You know,
1: it's, it's, and and I didn't mean to limit it to kids because it is your peers, your, your family, you know, you have some of those friends and families that you go to and it's like, you know, you have to like push yourself out the door to get there. You don't want that for your house. And, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where people will ask me in September if I'm having a New Year's Eve party. Oh, so, wow, really? You know,
0: that, that's what you want to happen to, you know, you want to be that kind of home. Yeah. So let me ask you, so I, um, how do you generate the energy to be a balabusta like you seem to just exude it like everybody just I just want to be with you at your new year's eve party maybe I'll just have to fly <laughs> up to see to you I don't know I just might you never know You're like oh there she is that lady. That lady. <laughs> I believe you so how do you start to create that balabusta type of environment in your home especially there there are listeners today who may not have your natural disposition for being a ballabusta. So how would you begin? How would you teach them?
1: Sure. I'd say first of all, take the stress off your shoulders. Okay. You know, a lot of people think, "Oh my goodness, it's this it's an overwhelming task." You know, you got to cook, you got to be happy, you got to have a cool home. Right. No, break things into small little things and enjoy as you go. So learn, and, and when I work with women, I, I I teach them this, learn your little steps. And when you know the little steps, all of a mm-hmm. sudden they combine to make bigger steps. Mm-hmm. And then they combine to make bigger steps. Okay. So don't think of any of the process as a one and done kind of deal. Right. But you can make every step of the process not only easy, but you have to make it fun. Fun. And then when, you, when you're taking that pressure off your shoulder and say, you know what? If I screw up and I make a mistake, Mm -hmm. I learn from it. And that's actually how I learned how to cook. You know, you mentioned in the introduction that I was a terrible cook. And Mm -hmm. funnily enough, when I was in high school, I told my mother she was a terrible cook. And she said, (laughs) OK, smart Alec. At the time, she gave me a cookbook called The Joy of Cooking, which Uh is a huge book. And it's got no pictures. Well, Mm -hmm. I needed the pictures. I have to confess. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. And she said, one day a week, you're going to cook. And you're going to tell me the ingredients you need. Mm -hmm. And then that, I think it was Wednesday night, you're in charge of making dinner. Well, you know, the pressure was on. I couldn't do anything ordinary because I already told her she was boring. Mm -hmm. So I had to go into areas I knew nothing about. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to do that because that's how you grow and that's how you learn. Right. So the first thing I made was Swedish meatballs. Well, I'm going to confess, I don't know a darn thing about Swedish meatballs. Never had one, never knew what I was doing. (laughs) And as you can expect, it was horrible. Horrible. Um, The next week I made, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but my heart was in the right place, veal cordon bleu. And it's a stuffed veal dish. Uh Again, no clues, no pictures to guide me. Horrible. Uh I can't remember my third meal, but by then my my family said, that's enough. We're done. done. You're Uh out. No more cooking. (laughs) And, you know, some people take that as defeat. And, again, you have to learn from your mistakes. So instead of saying, Oh my God, I'm a terrible cook. It's too hard. You know, I'll never do this. I did the exact opposite. I said, game on, I'll show you. And I took it upon myself to become a better cook. Lovely. And um, I started buying cookbooks. I started taking cooking classes. In between, I became a lawyer. Um, wow. But, you know, I still kept on trying because yeah. to me, having that balabusta home was important. I grew mm-hmm. up in a balabusta home in terms of feeling and in terms Uh, of warmth, not in terms of good cooking, but in terms of the home that you wanted to be in. And so that was a part of me and I wanted to create it. And I thought food was a very big part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And making memories is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have meals every day of the week. So those are great opportunities to make memories with your family as well as meals with your family. So why would you waste those easy times? Yeah. And only say, I have to go on a vacation to make it a marvelous memory. Right. You, know, you can make memories every day along the way. Right. Like I said, small steps have big results.
0: That's true. Like small and simple things, right? So I think it's so fantastic that in your growing up home, your family home, that your parents were able to create that, that warm environment for you. And so you have this great springboard of what you wanted in your life. And you, now you wanted to add the concept of cooking, um, as well. So, um, so there are uh, in the world today, we, you and I've had a conversation before this, we've talked about how, you know, mothers, especially, they're just going a mile a minute. If they're not, um, working outside the home, they're stay at home moms, which is just as busy, they're running their kids around, they have jobs, they have dogs, they have appointments, they have husbands, other responsibilities in the community and church, they're just strung out as far as their time and their energy. So you talk about starting with, and a lot of them don't cook. um, Nowadays, it's so easy to just go to the fast food, or it's easy to grab a rotisserie chicken, or which is not a bad thing, you know, as far as but they don't know how to actually put ingredients together to make, or they've tried and it fails, failed, like you had that experience. Um, I used to put chili powder in everything I made. I don't know why. But <laughs> when, I made, when I made spaghetti, I know this is just a tangent, but I was just thinking about when my mom let me cook. And I don't know why I always put chili powder in the spaghetti sauce, but nobody I, I think one, I know, I think one of my siblings finally said something. I was like, oh, it doesn't it's not some scope there. I didn't know. I was just throwing it all in the pot, you know? But um so how we talk about doing this one step at a time. What would be one or two of the smaller steps for for our listeners who are just like, I want, I want that home. I want yeah. what she describes. How, how can you help them? Sure. Before I answer that, I just want to touch on something
1: else that you said. Um, I got into this business because when my kids were littler, um they would have their friends over for dinner and a slumber party or sleepover. Mm-hmm. And i I wouldn't always do takeout pizza. I would actually cook something for people. Mm-hmm. And then we play games at the table as well. Mm-hmm. And their friends would say, wow, my mom doesn't cook like this. We don't have fun at the table. We don't Aww. play any games. It's just right. like, let's gobble something down and get the hell out of there. Right, um, right. Can you teach her? And it right. was actually my kids' friends hmm. who inspired me to start this business. So, it's yes, a lot of the parents don't have the skills. Right. So, what I like to do when I work with, with moms, I say, let's start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Give me a list of recipes that you know how to make. Just mm-hmm. so we have a pile because you don't right. want to start everything from scratch. And you have to have a handful, maybe two, three, four things that you do. exactly. You, know, you can do something. Everybody whether you does. do it good or not, it doesn't matter. Right. Then I say, all right, let's take some inventory. Let's see what you have in your pantry. In your kitchen, in your mm-hmm. refrigerator, and in your freezer. Right. Okay? So that step is know what you have. Yeah. Next step is know what you need. Mm-hmm. So what do you need to supplement those ingredients mm-hmm. to be able to make a broader repertoire of things you can cook without right. having to learn too many more things? Right. And the next part of the, the equation is, okay, now you know what you have, you know what you need, now you have to know what to do with it. Right, right. And once you know what to do with it, all of a sudden your cooking repertoire and your co- your confidence expands exponentially mm-hmm. because now you're not afraid to try. Right. You have know, somebody like me, they're helping you, you know, going through it. Right. But I also teach them how <clears throat> to handle those failures because. Mm-hmm you're going to make a meal and some of them are not going to come out very well. Right. And so instead of serving this uh, a meal to your family and everybody saying, I hate it. Don't ever make this again. You're a horrible cook. Right. You can say, well, you know what? Yeah. This didn't come out so great. You can acknowledge it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You put chili in your spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but What you do want to say is how could I make it better next time? Yeah. So now you're teaching your kids. You're not giving up. You're mm-hmm. teaching your kids you want to learn. You're teaching your kids to figure out what tastes they like. Right. What could they do to improve something? Mm-hmm. And then the next time you cook it, add some of those suggestions in. Sure. And it may work and it may not work. Right. But now everybody's everybody's got a stake in the game. Yeah, that's true. So it makes cooking that much more of a different experience because it's just not you and your either successes or failures. Right. It's you, everybody wanting to figure
0: out how to have a good dinner. That's a great idea. Like you said, everybody has skin in the game. But everybody yeah. wants this to turn out well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. And, and, I, and I always
1: ask them, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? You know, yeah. that's the first question. Because okay, now there's a vote. And then if it's a thumb down thumbs down, that's when you say, well, what would I do next time?
0: Right. Um that's, that's great. I like that you, so when you're, when you're working with them, do you have, um, and you say like, basically you're taking inventory of what you have, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's something that I teach as well as tr- being prepared, because if you don't, you, like you said, you don't know what you need. If you don't know what you already have, if you, um, you know what I mean? But well, you do know what I mean. Cause you're smart like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well. So how do you help them? Do you, are you just, are you here? Are the meals that we eat, we eat spaghetti, we eat chicken and dumplings, and I can throw together a chili. Like let's say that's what she can do, okay? Um, or she's comfortable with. You do you just say okay? Do you have those ingredients, or do you are you take an inventory of everything she has you in the home? To, you want to really have a full
1: in- inventory of at uh-huh. least what's in your pantry, right? Because once you know what seasonings or marinade mm-hmm. or condiments you have. Right. You have the ability to learn how to use them in different ways on different foods. Gotcha. Okay. So, and you're talking about spaghetti. So if somebody said to me, um, I make spaghetti every Monday night. That's mm-hmm. all the meal planning I do. That's all I know how to do. Right. I said, great. So that's, that's like a, a, a noodle night or whatever you want. But I said, well, maybe instead of making the same kind of pasta every mm-hmm. Monday, maybe you want to make a rice noodle instead, mm-hmm. which is... An uh, Asian pasta and all you do is pour boiling water on it to cook right, it. I mean, right. It wouldn't be easier than that. Right. I could teach you a peanut sauce to make in five minutes. There you so go. you're still making a quote unquote pasta dish, mm-hmm. but now everybody's not as bored as they were because it's a Monday night and you've got something different. Right. Or maybe Monday night pasta would be Orzo, mm. which is it's a pasta dish that's shaped like a big piece of rice. Right. Buy it in all grocery stores. And maybe you want to just add some feta cheese, herbs, chopped tomatoes, and your leftover roast chicken you bought Mm -hmm. at the grocery store. Right. So it's still a pasta night, but now you're expanding your repertoire by having to do very little. Yeah. Because it's still staying in your comfort zone of what you know how to do. That's true. So, and I I take that concept and I expand it to many different ways, but that's just an example of how you can do that.
0: So what I'm what I'm hearing you say, which is such a fantastic skill, is that you you can open up a pantry, you could open up a refrigerator, and you can make dinner from that. Like that, you your little brain can compute the goal
1: of what I want my students, my clients, my moms to do. Right, to be able to open up the, the refrigerator and say, oh yeah. I can see what I can pull together really quickly because, right. you know, you have to start with meal planning, but my p- meal planning is not every Sunday. Write right. down your meal for the next week because not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody can do it. So when I teach somebody meal planning, I make it adaptable to their lifestyle, mm. their family needs, and their family's food preferences. Right. So when you start like that, now we can look to see what you have
0: right? and how we can, t- how we can tweak it. Yeah, yeah. So what is some what are some of the um uh, what's the word I want to use what are some of the results you're seeing from your students different like from different walks of life different things like that Absolutely I have a
1: girlfriend who hated cooking a client girlfriend um who hated cooking um Went for fast foods. She mm-hmm. tried getting the box dinner. She tried a million different things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. her mantra was I can't cook. I hate it. My family are picky eaters. Why do I want to try? Right. Said, well, let's do this. Let's go to the grocery store and I'll teach you how to shop.
0: Because, Aww. you know,
1: not everybody knows how to shop in a way that's easy on their budget, mm-hmm. not wasteful for foods. Um, and it's for something that their their family's gonna like. And one of the things I teach everybody that I work with is how to repurpose your food. Okay. So you're not cooking from scratch every night. So we started with the grocery store because she was in a reasonable distance from my house, but Mm -hmm. I could do that on a video with somebody as well, you know, on a Zoom camera. Mm -hmm. And um we we went through the grocery store. She got a handful of items. We went back to her house and I taught her how to use some of the appliances she bought, didn't even know how to use. Oh, wow. To save some time. I taught her some simple knife skills. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't chopping off her fingers when she looked at a piece right. of garlic. Um, and then we cooked a couple of dishes and she said, wow, this is pretty quick. This wasn't so hard because nobody had ever showed her how to do it. There you go. And then I'd say, okay, so let's work for a couple of weeks together and we'll work on a couple of different recipes. Mm -hmm. And as we do that, I'll teach you how to repurpose those recipes into different meals Mm -hmm. with very little time and effort involved. And I'll tell you how to, I'll teach you how to transform the ingredients so you have a totally different meal doing the same kind of right. cooking. So you're not right. always learning a new cooking skill. Lovely. And that's how that's how you progress from there. That's true. And so how's she doing now? She sends me emails all the time. You're never gonna guess what I made. Oh. And now she she looks up her own recipes and she knows how to now tailor them to her family's life. So that's the goal that I want for everybody. To yeah. you don't have you have to start out
0: organized. Yeah, but in the end, you have so much freedom.
1: Yes, because you know what you're doing
0: exactly. It's I tell my kids all the time: you need to know the rules. You need to know what's because they're like, I don't want to. No, no, you need to know what the rules are. And, but then with confidence, I'm, I don't want to say you can break them, but, but with confidence, you know how to move, maneuver inside the rules and M- mold it to what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of if, if it's cooking or other types of things going on, but you need to know the rules, the, the truth, whatever it is. And so, like you said, knife skills, well, that goes across the board, whether you're making a dessert, an appetizer, an entree, it doesn't matter. Your knife skills are, a constant, right? Most people don't know how to hold a knife. I mean, it's as basic as that. Right. So, so if you, you know, I,
1: I, I bring a, a knife for them to use a good one because you never know what's in their, their yeah. draw. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cause you always want your knives to be sharp. sharp. People are afraid of sharp knives, but the truth is they're easier and safer to cut Paper. with a sharp knife than a dome knife.
0: I did not know that. My, my mother is a delight. She's a fantastic cook but always had dull knives and just because she did and cause she's just a home cook, you know, nothing. She's, but she makes good cinnamon rolls. I can tell you that, but, um, um, but she always had a dull knife. I did not know that there were sharp, like I didn't know that that wasn't a sharp knife because it was just dull. Right. Um, I'm certainly not trying to throw my mom under the bus or anything like that. But then I think I, I think it was when I got married and I think we got a knife or something for a wedding present or something like that. And it cut, like it went foot, like right through whatever. I was, was like, life changing. <laughs> and it was wonderful. And I didn't know that that's what you were supposed to do yeah. or have. And so, yeah, have yourself a good sharp knife, learn how to hold it, learn how to use it. And I I learned my knife skills, honestly, at watching the food network TV shows and watching yeah. how they held it and and practicing. I'm not practicing. That you yeah. Need to
1: practice.
0: yeah, practice and just cut. I will what's the story that um of Julia Childs that she was in was she in the cooking school Cordon Bleu? Is that where she went to in Paris? Been. And they, she was learning knife skills and I guess she just chopped a million onions trying to get her knife skills down or something like that. I'm like, whoo, that's a, that's a rough one right there. Yes. <laughs> I'm not ex- have that exacting with the people that I work yeah, with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, so having these knife skills, understanding how your appliances work and how you can use them to save time, money. Um, I mean, crock pots are marvelous. Instapot. Amazing, we have air fryers now. Yeah. I mean, we even, just... even sheet pans
1: to do uh, a yeah. sheet pan dinner where you're only dirtying one sheet pan and yet you've got your protein on it, your vegetables on it, and right, you can even your carbs. So, th- there's a lot of tricks you can do
0: that. See, and and I love that you that you like, yes, that just makes me so happy that you just pull this out. You're like, yeah, yeah, this whole stuff. So, um. We talked a little bit about dinner time in the beginning of the of the episode you are passionate about dinner time and Part of that has to do with the conversations that are at the table. Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, here here you've had a busy day. No matter what your day was,
1: it's always busy. You finally figured out what you're going to make for dinner. You finally make dinner. You want to sit down at the table and either take a nice deep breath and enjoy your family. And you say to your kids, how was your day? Fine, what'd you do in school? Nothing. And you say to yourself, you were there for eight hours.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, something
1: in your day had to happen. Right. Please share it with me. And it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. So avoid those questions. Right. <laughs> avoid those conversations. <laughs> and with a little advanced planning, just like you had a little bit of advanced planning for your meal, yeah. you can have a fabulous dinner. And I, I'll give you some examples on how to do that. Okay. So well, this is one of my favorite examples. So, April is National Poetry Month. Okay. Big groaner in my family. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but come one day in April, I announced to my family it's National Poetry Month, and you all need to come to dinner with a poem. Oh. Well, you can imagine how well received that right, was. Like, right. Like a lead ball. <laughs> I never steer you wrong, guys. You know, humor me on this. I said, but expand your definition of what poetry is. Mm -hmm. Poetry could be a song lyric. Mm -hmm. It could be a TV jingle, an ad jingle. It could be a haiku. It could be a poem. It could be anything. It could be a rap song. Anything you want it to be. It's all poetry. So humor me and come down to dinner with something. So, of course, I'm. are they really going to do this? I don't know. (laughs) But they did. So my my son comes down with a poem that he wrote called oh. "I Hate Poetry." Oh, <laughs> okay. So we're we're cracking up. We're cracking yeah. up. My daughter, who is younger, um, came up with some nursery rhyme, which was fine because right, right. It's the poetry. My husband took it upon himself to write the world's worst, horrible. Rap song on the planet. Oh my goodness. And he was so proud of himself. And <laughs> we were falling out of our chairs because it was that bad. And oh to my. this day, people come to the house and he'll say, Hey, you know what? I wrote a rap song. You want to hear it? And we're all going, No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing you can do. And believe me, it makes for a whole dinner conversation. Sure. You know? And all of a sudden, you see where your kids are coming from or your partner or your spouse mm. is coming from. And you see them as people. Yeah. You don't see them as just the person sitting there that you had to feed.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: We also play all kinds of games at the table, and and okay. I and when I work with people, I, I give them um, ideas of what kind of special day that they can make that day or that meal. Oh,
0: that's you nice. Know? Yeah, so there's
1: a, a silly holiday for every day of the year. I mean, we're not talking religious. I'm talking silly food sure, holidays, sure, yes. and so you can build your meal around that. True. You know, there's a holiday in September called Chicken Boy Day. What the heck is that? I don't know. It was an advertising agency somewhere in California, and on top of their building, they had this huge statue. The bottom was a man, like a Paul Bunyan kind of man. Okay. And the top was a chicken head known as Chicken Boy. (laughs) And, you know, 20 years later or something, they're either moving or they're retiring, and they sell the building, and the new owner wants to take down this statue. And the town loved this statue so much. They gathered their money, paid to have it taken down and put it in the park, and made National Chicken Boy Day. Oh, wow. So on National Chicken Boy Day, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to give you some recipes to make chicken. Of course. But so I'm going to give you conversations also. So you can talk to your kids and you can say, if you were half human and half something else, what would that other half be and why? Yeah. If you had something from your childhood or what is something from your childhood that's so precious, you'd never want to give it away. And right. why? Right. There's ways you can have conversations that are just fun to have, right? Or do you get an insight into your family? And other nights, if we're not if we're not doing a you know crazy day, we play games at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start off as simple as doing mad libs. Mm-hmm. You know, and depending on the age of your kids, right. You can monitor what kind of words they're allowed to use right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but madlibs are always fun and that yeah. takes no effort on your part other than to download some lib quite you know right right that's really easy we play trivia cards we have a gazillion games that we play at the table and right. to this day my kids are are older i have a son in college and a daughter in high school and one time one day my son brought home his girlfriend and she was gonna stay for dinner. And I said, Did Max ever tell you that we play games at the dinner table? And she said, Yes. And I said, Did he tell you that you're expected to play with us? Uh-huh. So she said, Yes. And I will tell you, it was the most easiest way to get to know her and break that uncomfortableness. Sure. Because you're not saying, What are you studying? What do you want to be? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You're actually interacting
0: in a really warm and bonding way yeah that's true when um i have two questions let me think if i can remember them. (laughs) um number one are you playing the games while you're eating or after you eat you while you're eating oh interesting okay because now they want to stay at the table because it's actually
1: fun That's true yeah and my rule is no phones at the table i think that's a horrible thing but you're giving them, and and it's at the point where my kids will say, "What are we playing tonight?" Oh,
0: that's lovely. But they all
1: want to come down to dinner, and they all right. enjoy each other's company, uh-huh. and um, that's making a memory. That's it is. At the beginning. I said it's very easy to make memories every day. Yeah. yeah, And now you're making memories, and hopefully, one of the one of the reasons why I do what I do is, I I think the importance of family dinner time is um, undervalued. Yes, because you know the studies show that sit down family dinners. Uh, The kids do better in school. Mm -hmm. They um, have better vocabularies, the better Mm -hmm. social skills, Mm -hmm. better communication skills, less likely to use illegal substances. So if for no other reason, try to get as many family dinners in. Right. And, but it's also, if you're modeling how to make nutritious fun meals then you're teaching your kids something that not only can they do for themselves, Mm -hmm. but they'll know how to pass down to their families. That's true. And really it enriches everybody's lives. So I, I think there's a tremendous value in that.
0: I think so too. And I, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, my, most of my kids are up and grown. It's, I would assume it's not too late for me to put some of the, I mean, we grew up, I grew up eating at the table with my family, my mom and dad every night. And then up until about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, when they started, started having after school activities and things all of a sudden it just kind of went, yes. so is it too late
1: to to try? So it's not too late it? because my kids had after school activities and everything else. That's where that little bit of planning comes in ahead of time. Yeah. And I teach women, it doesn't have to be elaborate planning. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, and I, I live in the real world, you know, not every, not right. every meal is going to be a sit down family dinner. Right. You do it a couple of times a week. Right. You're still creating that value. And you mentioned, uh, you know, is it too late because my kids are older? I worked with a woman whose kids were completely grown Mm -hmm. and she wanted to improve her cooking skills. But we were talking about this and she said that she missed out on having this kind of relationship with her kids. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, it's never too late to start. I said, you could do a Zoom call. And start Uh playing these games, you know, or have a family dinner on Zoom and play the games. Mm -hmm. And um, she actually tried it and and wrote back to me and said, it it was an amazing experience. Everybody was up for it, willing Uh to try. And it's starting to break the ice with people who were not as close as she had wanted them to be. So it's never too late. late. You can do it at holidays if that's when you get together. Right, right. That's brilliant. Never, ever too late.
0: Oh, isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You bring your, your mindset, your ideas bring so much hope to the family. I think, I just think it's so wonderful that there are ways that we can connect with our family, our children, our spouses, whoever is at our dinner table. And I see where like you said your your son's girlfriend she just fit right in because she has her you played with her and and she played back and and how beautiful that is and i i could see where that would be a super fun thing where um i wish i would have known this when i was raising my children to i mean i would i had food for them i know how to cook i don't put chili mm-hmm. in my spaghetti sauce anymore so, I have <laughs> improved, but um, it would have been nice to have had this thought and and do things like that. But that's okay. You know, we we just keep we keep progressing and improving. And so I'm really thankful for I'm really thankful that that you came on the podcast and shared your ballabosta ways <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and and you I- know, um. It's kind of like preaching the Gospel to me because i just I value it so much, mm-hmm. and if you can't have yeah. that warmth really in your heart, you know and that you want to share it with everybody else um and, and even when you just just start off and you see these tiny little differences, yeah and all of a sudden it encourages you to do more, yeah, you know, and then it encourages your kids to do more, right you know, and they're more likely to have their friends come over because it's so much fun to be there. Right. That's true. Yeah. You know, and when my, when I, you know, we do, um, we, we do the holidays a lot, most of them at my house. Um, but we just don't do the holidays. We play games at the holidays, right. you know, and yeah. sometimes I have little question cards on everybody's plate. Aww. So that built in conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a million things you can do because, really do want everybody to welcome, feel welcome in your house. And um, it makes me beam, you know, it just, it makes my heart smile when I can do this. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you so much. So since we need to have a little more Balabusta in our lives, um, where can people find you? What are, what are you doing? Tell us all the things. Sure. Okay. So
1: in my Facebook group, Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms. I just finished a series and it'll always be posted. So regardless of when you hear this podcast, you can find it. I just did a series called crocktober And yeah, it was great. I did a different crock pot recipe every day for 31 days. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for recipe ideas, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. We play games there. We did a um a banish dinner dinnertime blues bingo. And um, anybody who filled out their, their bingo card, according to the rules, got a done for you two week meal plan with wow. grocery list and recipes. And that's something I do. And I didn't mention that for those people who don't want to look up their recipes and strategically make their meal plans mm-hmm. at the very beginning. I do that as a service. And oh, so nice. I can create meal plans for really whatever dietary preference or need that you okay. have, whether it be Low sugar, high protein, keto, right. you name it. Right. Um, that's a service I provide. But I also do, obviously, meal planning and mm-hmm. coaching. Uh, so mm-hmm. people can find me at Linda at balabustasecret.com. Okay. Um, you mentioned my website, and you can just post that under the show notes yep. so everybody doesn't have to frantically write everything right. down. Um, I have a free for those who are listening on uh, easy one dish dinners. So I'd mentioned sheet pans yep. and um, it's a, a, a free ebook with recipes that are either made in Great. one pan, one pot, or a sheet pan. Lovely. And that gives you a, a, a good foot in the door to want to go further.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. So everything she said will be in the show notes so you can go, click on that and, and find her and join her Facebook group. It's lovely. I really, she's super fun in the Facebook group. I enjoy being in there as well. Well, I'm, I, I really appreciate you um, spending time with me coming on the podcast and sharing um, a little bit about your, your superpower to make um, families warmer, happier, more inviting, a little more fun and um I'm 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 very grateful for what what work you're doing. You're you're a good woman. Yeah, and thank you for the opportunity for me to be here. You're a
1: delightful host um, and you're bringing joy to the world by doing what you're
0: doing. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks. Enjoy your day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um that was a super fun um episode for me to learn from other people and to enjoy their genius. So look, go to my show notes and um, find all of Linda's information there. Cause everybody's going to want to be a Balabusta um, at the end of this. You know, now that we've heard how awesome she is. Um, I would love for you to share the podcast with other people. And remember to teach what you've learned to someone within the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. You're going to retain. I was going to say you'll have retention, but I just said you're going to retain, which is the same thing, but I didn't say it right. <laughs> so you'll have you'll be able to solidify what you learned. You'll share it with someone and bless their lives, and in in general, make the world a more joyful place because that's what we're all here to do, right? Um, and please uh join my free Facebook group, which is you can go to prep group.com. So joyfulprepgroup.com uh to join my free Facebook group where you can um enjoy the community of other like-minded people learning. Uh, self reliance skills and mindset and joy and all the good wonderful things that are going on in that group so thank you and enjoy your day thank you so much for listening to joyfully prepared i'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.